On this episode of Mom Sipping Sangria, I'm a special kind of career coach. I tend to help people who know they want to leave what they're doing, but they don't really know what they want next. I'm good. Let's do it. Welcome to the very first episode of Moms Sipping Sangria. My name is Sheila Walsh. And I'm Anita MacArthur. And we're really glad that you could take this time to hang with us today. Yes, because we find our company quite enjoyable. So we're hoping that you will too, and that we all can become really good friends. Exactly. On each episode, we're going to talk about what's trending. We're going to have hot topics. And we're also going to go to confession, Sheila, because that's what makes life really interesting. Yeah, the juicy stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. That makes life interesting. And because we are both working moms, we have all sorts of uh, perspective on aging kids, uh, aging bodies, which leads to, you know, wiser minds. So, Anita, let's get right into it. We're going to tell our our friend here our inspiration for this podcast because it plays into that wiser mind category and something um, that... So many people are thinking about and talking about these days in all of our circles, right? Absolutely. Okay. So um, I'd been working for a company for about 10 years. It was a great company to work for. Um, But, you know, I had sort of hit a plateau and I felt like I needed a change in my career, a little bit more of a challenge. And just at that time, a recruiter had reached out to me um, and it felt like it was the perfect time for me to make a change. Well, 10 months into that, um, the work stress level was through the roof. Um, I had no personal life left. The kids were basically left <laughs> to, you know, fend for themselves. And uh, and I was, you know, I, I kind of had one foot out the door, um, but really was having a hard time making that shift to get into something else. And then I had a drastic life change that happened a couple of months ago. Um, and then there was just no question. I just, I, I quit on the spot. That was it. You said that's, that's all I, I've had it. So, you know, Weekly, I know for myself, I'm hearing about someone in my circle fantasizing about what you just did. You know, you're at the breaking point, something Mm -hmm. sends you over the edge and you're done. And in fact, we're going to bring into the conversation a woman who also drastically changed uh, direction in her life and a a career that she had. She was, you know, living the life, living the dream. And uh, then I'm quoting here, Sarah, you had a big, fat, embarrassing meltdown right in the middle of Starbucks after realizing you could no longer do what you were doing at the time. And you went and started Careergasm, which is a cool name, and a career coaching and business badassery. Hello, Sarah Vermont. Hi, nice to talk with you guys. So, uh, Sarah, tell us a little bit about yourself, um, what you do, and what Careergasm is. Sure. So, uh, like we just mentioned, Careergasm started with my own big, fat, embarrassing meltdown. I used to be (laughs) a professor at a business school. I used to teach organizational behavior, so workplace psychology. And... It wasn't too far into that career until I realized that that just wasn't what I was supposed to be doing with my life. I loved teaching, um, but I hated conducting research. And that is about 80% of a professor's job, doing research. And so I did what most people do, which is I tried to suck it up and push through for a couple of years until I just couldn't do it anymore. Uh, Hence the very poorly timed, uh, very public breakdown in a very public place. And that's sort of what led me to careergasm. Instead of working on, you know, workplace psychology in a theoretical way, I'm now helping people with their careers and specifically helping people make career changes. And I chose the name careergasm because I really wanted to come up with something that was all about work feeling good. And I thought, 
well, what would feel better than a careergasm? Um, So it really, (laughs) it really encompasses (laughs) the the vibe that I'm trying to bring to people in their work lives. And I think our relationship with our work should be very much like the relationships we have in the rest of our lives in that they should feel good most of the time. Excellent. So if they're dysfunctional, then you need to break it off just like you would in a, in a real relationship. You talk a little bit about, you know, joy being a good motivator when it what motivates us to make change. And but sometimes it's the opposite, right? It's pain. So can you talk about the different motivating factors in a little bit greater depth and maybe, um, you know, what people should be looking out for? Sure. Yeah, I'm a big believer in joy and desire as, you know, one of the motivators towards moving towards something that feels good. But honestly, In my experience and in the experience of my clients, I actually find pain is a much stronger motivator to help people make change. And I think that's the case because it forces us, actually, just like Anita was saying, she had a big life change and she felt like she no longer had a choice. She had to quit. I think that's the case for a lot of people, you know, whether it's a big life change with, um, you know, maybe needing to devote more time to a parent who's sick. Uh, I happen to work with a lot of people who are burned out and have a lot of health issues because work has gotten so bad. And in their cases, pain is the primary motivator telling them that they have to get out. I can totally relate to that because uh, for me, it was also pain that was that that drove me to make that change. Um, of course, it's been a leap of faith. And I think that was the same for yourself. So I'm hoping that um, that my leap of faith will, you know, take me to the places that uh, that that you're in right now. <laughs> I'm going to jump in there and say, you know, I think I think when you say burned out and, and health issues, that that really is you can't ignore those, right? Because your body and, and your mind are, are giving you little hints that this isn't good, this isn't healthy, and then they kick you in the butt, and you you don't have a choice um, if you, like you said, you you have a public meltdown or you have a breakdown or you you develop an ulcer or something that really is just kind of jumping at you, saying we have got to take a look at our life and see what's wrong. Yeah, that's right. And I work with a lot of people who are on sick leave because their health has gotten so bad, or on the verge of having to do something like that and most of the people I work with helping them make career changes have been sort of knowing on some level that they've had to make a change for a couple of years but have been trying to push through Um, and there just comes a point when your body starts to shut down especially where you know okay now's the time I mean how bad do things need to get before I make a change it's a huge yeah the, the physical symptoms and the health issues are a huge factor for a lot of people in being kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Most people choose to celebrate the anniversary of a new job, but uh, you choose to celebrate the anniversary of a breakdown. And so why why do you think that? Well, for me, my very embarrassing public meltdown in the middle of a crowded Starbucks was the moment when I decided I had to let go. I felt like I was clinging with my fingernails to this career that I had worked very hard to build, by the way, Um, you know, getting to the tail end of a PhD, a job as a professor, professor, anyone who works in kind of a prestigious profession, um, and I'm no exception here, we tend to relate a lot of our identity to our work. And so I've been clinging with my fingernails to all the work I'd put into the identity I built for myself. And when I finally broke and had a meltdown, I felt immediate relief because I had finally decided that I was going to leave. Um, I stayed in my teaching post until the end of the semester, but I did give notice the very next day. And so for me, that was worth celebrating because in that moment when things felt the worst, 
everything changed. And I actually think that's true for quite a lot of people. Certainly my clients have told me that's true for them. So you have like this moment of empowerment once you make that decision and all of a sudden things just start to improve and then the health comes a little bit better, I would imagine. Yeah, that's right. Now, it wasn't a beautiful straight through line to everything being magical right away. I think it would be, you know, painting too pretty of a picture to say that's what typically happens for people. You know, making a career change can be somewhat messy and there's a lot of uncertainty. And the uncertainty, I think, is why a lot of us um, hesitate to make the change. I don't know about you, but I Mm -hmm. like to have things locked and loaded Mm -hmm. and know exactly what's coming down the line. And that's not really possible when you're in the middle of a career change. Sure, you can do your research, you can do some planning, figure things out, but there is a level of uncertainty around it. And so I was sort of in like a messy middle phase as I was building careergasm and not quite knowing if it would work out. One thing I think can be really helpful, though, when you're in that phase is to ask yourself, okay, what's the worst case scenario if this thing doesn't pan out? And in my case, I said, okay, I'm really going to try with this business. Luckily, it's worked out. But I thought, if it doesn't work out, worst case scenario, I will get a job doing something else. And as far as worst case scenarios go, honestly, it wasn't that bad because I was so miserable in my previous job. I can totally, totally. I think think there's a lot of people out there who can totally agree to that for sure. Um, So, Sarah, if someone wants to make a change and wants to hire you, how do they reach you? Um, They can find me at careergasm.com. I'm a special kind of career coach. I tend to help people who know they want to leave what they're doing, but they don't really know what they want next. So they would happily you know, channel their energy towards something else if only they knew what it was. So I'm a clarity career coach. Mm. Um, And so people can find out about my work at careergasm.com. I'm also at Careergasm on Instagram and everywhere else. Excellent. And we love your website. It is, it is really uh, awesome. That what do, what do you call that form of cartoon? It, it's kind of like comic book style. Yeah, cartoons. yeah. It's really awesome. <laughs> it, you know, and to me, it, it kind of takes the edge and the fear out of making that change, which I think, I don't know if that was intentional, but it was very smart. It's, it's a really good website to even if, if, if you're listening and you're just thinking, you know, maybe I'll just check it out. It's going to totally disarm you. It's going to make mm. you feel good about even thinking about it. So, Sarah, thank you. You are awesome. I'm so happy that you're doing this. And uh, I know at least five people I'm sending your way. What about you, Anita? Oh, my goodness. I think <laughs> possibly 10. Excellent. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and continued success with Careergasm. Thanks. My pleasure, ladies. Okay, you're listening to Mom Sipping Sangria. I'm Sheila Walsh, and that lovely lady over there is Anita MacArthur. And this is brought to you by... We didn't really have a sponsor yet, do we, Anita? Oh, no, we forgot. <laughs> well, there's an opportunity for you if you uh, you want to sponsor us. We will um, we'll give you some contact information at the end of the show. Moving on. Sheila, we've got hot topics today. Yeah. So, <laughs> I've come up with a topic. I'm going to uh, tell you what it is, and then you're just going to give me a reaction to it as we go along. Okay. Should I be got scared, it? Anita? I don't know. Right. I don't think so. It's an in- it's interesting. I think you'll uh, think you'll be amused. Okay. So you want me to talk about your hot topic that you're going to tell That's me about right, right. now? Okay. 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 I'm ready for it. So I stumbled upon this the other day. Okay. So in Japan, you can attend crying workshops mm-hmm. where you weep while watching a sad film and a handsome man wipes away your tears. <laughs> Swear to God. That's me every Friday night, baby. (laughs) Okay, so what do I think of that? A, it's bizarre. B, Mm -hmm. if it's cathartic for somebody, and obviously there's an audience for it, uh, why not? Um, 
the handsome man. So is it kind of like they're playing on uh, like uh, the drama, the romanticism type thing? What do you think? You know what? I'm not sure. I'm wondering if this is something that I would need. Mm. I'm not sure. Um, my husband calls me a CHB. What's a question? cold-hearted. Oh. <laughs> and you can fill in the blank. You don't cry at anything. I cry <laughs> but at McDonald's commercials. So, so at first I was thinking that I wouldn't need this. Now I'm thinking maybe this is something that I should look into. Because mm, it would tap into yes. the sentimentality. Absolutely. Well, you know, years ago when I was a reporter, I did cover a yoga laughing workshop where literally you go and it was, I think it was held in the Eaton Center in Toronto. And there was just a bunch of people that gathered with a, like a yoga master, uh, but his specialty was laughing yoga. And he literally just started laughing. So I walked in, they're like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And then I was like, this is bizarre. But then I found myself laughing along with everybody. And you do because it, you know, releases the the toxins and endorphins happen. And I did feel good. It was bizarre, but it, it felt good at the end. So maybe it's the same kind of thing. Like maybe we have tears that need to get out. You know, especially if you are a CHB, Anita. Wow, Ian, we got to have a little talk there. Okay, that's cool. So next week, um, it's going to be my turn to throw a hot topic your way. And listen, if you, you, our new friend, if you want to join in on anything you've heard so far, you have an idea for trending or an idea for a hot topic, then we would love to hear from you. You can like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram. We are Moms Sipping Sangria. And you know, eventually we're going to start offering some prize packs. Mm-hmm. Um, once we get a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it is time, Anita, for confessions. So now I'm going to start this week. Next week, you're going to give me one of your confessions. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. So here it goes. My confession for this week is I am not Sheila Walsh, the gospel singer, for the love of God. <laughs> no, you're not. Then what am I doing here? I have to get this out there because you saw it. I opened up my email today and God love Sheila Walsh, the gospel singer. She's amazing and she does great work and she has this great community. But for some reason, people must be Googling her name. They get my website. And instead of kind of browsing it over and saying, oh, this isn't the Sheila Walsh I want, they will launch into these long, heartfelt, very personal emails about how God has changed their life. Last week, I got one saying the Antichrist was coming um, oh, good Lord. today, and I'm sure he is, or no she is. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, I, I just, I'm really shocked that people will, you know, um, release their soul without double and triple checking that it is, in fact, the right person that you are releasing it to. So, I am not, I'm, I'm confessing now, I've never pretended to be her. I will never answer these as her, but I am not her. You are not her. You're not listening to (laughs) Sheila Walsh, the gospel singer on Mom Sipping Sangria. She's Anita MacArthur. And we are so, so happy that you have joined us today because you know what? We know life is busy. So giving us a few minutes of your time to sit down and give us a listen. We really appreciate that. So before we go, uh, we're going to leave you with a quote and ask you who said that. All right, then. Here we go. Okay. You ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. Housework can't kill you but why take a chance? That would be my daughter. Ah. No? Oh, that was bad. <laughs> what was that noise, Anita? <laughs> what was that noise? Oh, I, was Lord. that even a human noise? <laughs> <laughs> We're right. getting to the end, right? Oh, my gosh. Who did say that, Anita? 
Phyllis Diller. Oh, I loved Phyllis Diller. Wasn't she great? She was awesome. She had all sorts of one-liners, one-line <laughs> zingers or dingers or whatever they're called. Awesome. punchy now. All right. <laughs> We're going to go have some sangria. Until next time, have a good one. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and like us on Instagram. We are Moms Sipping Sangria. Cha-cha-cha. Woo-hoo. Hello. Hello.